Can you gulp again, but like maybe a little louder? How's that? That was nice. Okay, this Thank is you. Watch Rotation, season two, episode two. <laughs> dude, yeah, <laughs> season two. I can't with you, dude. All right, uh, keep going. All right. Um, <laughs> I was going to say this is Hoden Key Radio, actually. <laughs> this is... Uh, this is the other Hodinki Radio. Yeah. Um, um, hold on. We're on season two, episode two? Yep. Wow. Oh, this is the most irregular show ever. Yeah. I think it was about two months in between the last episode. That's okay. Um, all right, dude. Want to just catch up real quick as to what's new? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know, actually, what's new, what, what you have at this point, so... Um, since two months ago or a month ago or so, um, well, I got most recently, I, I got the Roger Dubuis back, the like sector dial homage one. Um, Where so that's kind of cool. I bought it from a guy in Switzerland, actually. Um, this one is like even a nicer condition than the one I had before. So I'm pretty happy with it. Um, and I'm sort of in a sort of position where I don't think I should be keeping both this and the paddock uh, sector diocalitrava. So um, in the process of deciding which one I want to sort of, you know, keep long-term, I guess. The paddock had a, the popular vote. It did, but just marginally. And it's also very hard to like judge these watches based on a picture because sort of when you hold them from all the different angles and I, I think the quality it's strange. So like the case is probably the same quality on both. You have a little bit more detailing on the Dubuis, I think, because of the like concave bezel and the brushed sides are really nice. Um, the die, uh, sorry, the move movement is easily better on the paddock. Like the finishing is just nicer. They're both supposedly Geneva seal, but the uh, modified Longines on the Dubuis is, it's just not there. You know, like it's nice, but it's not quite paddock level. Um, but I think the um, I think the Chopard is even higher than the Paddock, honestly. Yeah, the one, like the, like the 1.96 Chopard is nicer than the Paddock easily. Yeah. If you just, if you just examined like the finishing, I don't know, like, but well, like mechanics and stuff like that, but, um, uh, it's fairly obvious to my eye, at least. What watches have you had that are nicer than the Chopard so far? Besides um, like your data graph, I guess. I was going to say the 1815 that I have the movement in it is like, it's different. Like the finishing is quite different. The bevels aren't as like deep, but like everything is really buttoned up. Uh, but I was just going to run back to the Dubuis versus the, the, the paddock. I think the dial on, on the Dubuis is nicer than on the paddock. Um, like the paddock just has like a simple printed dial. I don't know the differentiation between the sectors and like the center, center part is not that stark. They're both like just a shade of silver. Whereas on the Dubuis, the sector is very silver, like it's brushed. And then the inner part is like a cream color. It's really nice. Um, and then there's like a little step in between and has applied markers and stuff like that too. It's just the higher execution, I would say. That's all. The, uh, the paddock by, by design. Just like because I think the design. paddock was, I think the paddock was by design. Is are you asking if if it's made like this by design? No, no, no. Sorry, I I, I just I said something that didn't make sense. I guess um, I prefer the paddock based on the design. That's what I was saying. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I think the paddock is attractive in a way that like it kind of ties back to those old like '96 Calatravas that were like made in stainless steel with simple sector dials that are just printed, right? Like it's a nice design. I agree with you. It's mm -hmm. uh, definitely a little bit more sporty, I think, than a Dubuis. Um, and I think that's what that's what's attractive about this watch. And I think the watch is a little bit overpriced now, actually. Com if you compare it to like I was just talking to. A friend of mine, because um, you can buy a like an annual calendar Moonface Power Reserve paddock for like thirty, um, and this thing sells for like twenty two, I guess now maybe twenty four. I've seen some listed, and I've seen that annual calendar listed as low as like twenty five, but it was just discontinued. So obviously all of them jumped to around thirty. But you know, before the discontinuation, the price difference, like you, I think you can still find them for around twenty seven. Uh, so like you know it's it's a few grand but you're getting a whole lot more complication yeah. and a nicer execution too on a dial i think that one has like applied everything and you know it's it's just it has a moon phase and all that i just think the one that you have works casually very well it does i, I agree it really does um one thought i had was to get a uh the one it's also an annual calendar the 5205 i believe it is um it's the one that has like the hollowed out lugs um I see. that one is over 30 but that's a sick watch eventually maybe anyway so that's the newest thing um anything new with you i'm trying to look up that watch that you were just talking about the 5205 the, the blue i think it's 5205 yeah 5205 no i want the 5205 g with a uh like the lighter color dial i see blue and i see like a dark gray I don't know. there's also a lighter gray hold on it's the It's the 5205. I wish, I wish uh, this company, they're oh, not saying which reference this is. Exactly. Uh, I see, I see. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's G-001, I think. The 001, I think, yeah, that's the yeah, one. Yeah, that's pretty nice. What, because that one has the blue, uh, well, the, the blue uh, moon face disc stands out a little bit more. Uh, I hadn't even noticed that, hold on. Uh, but oh, on the like, dial, yeah, yeah, I can't really tell. Mm -hmm. but, uh, it's weird. Yeah. On the uh, dark gray dial, I can't tell. Is it is it blue as well? I see some pictures. I think it is. Like, yeah, I see on the on rose gold that. one. It is. Yeah, yeah. Based on the lighting, it like doesn't. It kind of looks like it. Uh, oh, I see it. Runs into the dial. I don't know. And then find a photo of this watch from the profile. It's insane. From the side. Yeah. It has like the hollowed out logs and, and the bezel is super fat and really concave. I think it's just a cool look. It kind of looks like um, Kenny from South Park, like his hood, you know? <laughs> it's the stupidest comparison, but that's sort of what it reminds me of. Uh, but it's, it's that's that's a watch, man. Like it's it's a lot of watch, I think. It's basically a uh, Omega, Omega Our Vision annual calendar with a see-through side, side case. Yeah, except the yeah, it's like you get less gold, I guess. So they're really they're really chipping you there. I don't even. I guess they do make that watch in gold, uh, rose gold. I don't. I don't know if I've ever seen a white gold one. Oh no, I mean the paddock. They're you know like they're giving you less gold because they're hollowing out the lugs. I'm just joking, obviously. I'm talking about that's kind of cool. Vision. I don't know. You're talking about the hour vision. <laughs> no, but like I don't know how many like brands actually do hollow out lugs like that. You know, it's rare. Yeah, I have a cool detail. 
I'm trying to think of what where I've seen that before. Like what watches I've seen that on. Definitely have seen um, it before. I'm trying to think most now. recently Ming did that with one of his watches. Hold on, I'm gonna adjust some wood in my fireplace. Okay. Um yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's a good, it's a, sort of a good decision to be able to make, I guess. Um, I think the Dubuis, I have a more uh, sort of like personal connect connection to the Dubuis. Like that watch makes me feel something, whereas the Paddock is like, I think I'm attracted to it because of the name. And that's not sort of what I normally go after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you had an aerospace, right? Yeah. The Briefly. One of a kind. One of a kind aerospace. Someone asked you about it, right? Do you want to talk about it? Wait, did did someone ask me about it? Um, I thought someone asked you about the aerospace. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's pretty cool. I I, I mean, I I always buy aerospaces and uh, wearing professional watches because I'm I'm a professional. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. Um, oh yes, yes. Yeah, so I found this one online. I was looking for a white dial because usually those are like the least common in my experience. And, um, mm -hmm. and I've, I've just always wanted to try one because I've had like a lot of the other dial colors. Um, so I found this one and I was like about to buy it. And then they're the person who was selling it, they, they're like, oh yeah, it's actually like, the outside is kind of like pink. I was like, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like they, they never made like a pink, like they never made mm -hmm. any version that you could have like swapped parts. It doesn't even make any sense. Um, and so I got like pictures and everything. And then I started doing a little bit of research and uh, it just uh, the white paint faded over time and it just became pink for uh, like salmon, salmon, I guess, pink. I don't know. It depends on uh, That's so strange, man. if you're trying to maximize resale value, they say salmon. It's um, <laughs> so true. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty cool actually. Uh, it looked looked pretty sweet, and the salmon with the blue, the very strong Breitling blue AR goes pretty nicely. Um, so, what made you sort of decide to sell it? Were you just kind of like not in the? You didn't want to like add any watches. You just wanted to check this out and kind of sell it, or? No, I mean I was gonna like hang on to it, but then I I just, I mean I, I you know I don't have that many watches right now, so I I'm not really mm -hmm. in like a keeping mode, but I I needed like I need like one more so. I was kind of on the hunt so i was gonna wear the aerospace and then i decided to buy this tutor that i have now so i sold the aerospace mm. so tutor okay north flag stainless steel wait hold on hold on repeat this i missed it you bought a north flag no no i'm joking um that watch sucks i got confused um, uh, honestly, I don't hate it. Like, if you look at the entire Tudor collection, I do not hate that watch. Like, if you were to have me pick a watch from their collection, you know? No, I, I can't relate with you on that one. What's What's better? Like, the 58? Blackway 58, maybe? No, I, I don't like that watch either, also because of how popular it is. I know. It's, it's actually not that nice, honestly, also. Um, um it's yeah it's it's put, hold on for the price for the msrp i don't think it's horrible actually i because no. that watch is like what 3400 msrp or something like that or 36 on the bracelet i don't know I've, i mean i've tried it i've tried them on just 
Uh, it's like half the price of uh, what's what's like a, like what's like the uh, Seamaster, like six thousand something. If you compare it like that, it's I think yeah, it's but like not. I don't know. I feel like if you get a Seamaster, you're getting like a real thing. If you, if you buy the Tutor, you're getting like something that's trying to be something else. That's that's kind of true. I mean, oh wait, hold on. You did pick up something else too. Yeah, that that's what I was talking about. But um, you're gonna segue into it? No. <laughs> No, that's actually, uh, that's probably the most interesting pickup that like we've had recently, no? Yeah, so, okay, just, now I'm looking at pictures of the North Flag. The, um, let me just see here. I'm just jogging. I know someone who, how much I know someone sucks. who has, I know, I know someone who has the North Flag and they really enjoy it. Okay, anyway, uh, I'm trying to think of what what is their like best watch that Tudor makes right now. I I honestly just think the red Black Bay would just wasn't terrible, just the red one because it's kind of different. And they, and before they started yeah. making all these colors, I, I just think the regular like the Black Bay is too big though. I don't like the GMT. I think that's actually if, one of the worst watches they make. If they would have just come out with the, I actually like the Tudor Chrono. The Black Bay Chrono kind of looks interesting because it's a Breitling, I guess. But the um. <laughs> the if they came out with the 58 case but just like the red dial and like that was the only one that they made i think that would be probably better for me wait like 58 case in the red bezel yeah i, I think i said dial i meant bezel yeah so if they yeah, came out with like the first black bay but if it was the, the 58 size and then they just stopped and they just like i i know stop being a company anymore and they just shut down <laughs> close the doors they they made too many of them too many variants i think that sort of diluted the, the whole black bay thing the original one was obviously too large for for me at least. Um, I don't know how you felt about it. I think you said it was wearable for you, right? Yeah, no, it's it's fine. I mean, it's like but pretty pretty normal. I mean, it, it's it's just like it's not pleasant to wear. Like it doesn't really like. No, I, I mean, find the that there are like more like angles, horrible. more angles that like look really bad on the watch than there are that look like decent. Like yeah, a lot like of watches, the barrel. Ugh. You have like one angle that looks terrible, and then like the rest of them looks pretty good. This watch, it like looks bad up almost all angles, and then there's like maybe one or two where it looks good. Yeah, like the barrel down view, I thought looked pretty bad on that watch because the this the case is just like a slab, you know? Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, that um, looks bad, and then like I don't know, even like the chunky like bracelet and everything yeah that's just i don't know yeah and then on the new one they messed up because they did the like full riveting I, I know a lot of people have that watch and they enjoy it and and, and that's fine it's just like it could have been great but i feel like it was it's not great sort of oh. by design i found you know? my favorite tutor i know what the favorite tutor my favorite tutor is like favorite current production tutor yes which i think you probably know this but you you probably won't be able to think of it on the spot because you probably don't know it exists uh, I mean, I feel like you don't hate the Pelagos. No, it's the advisor, the alarm one. Oh, but isn't that like 43 millimeter in like a dressy type case? <sighs> it's like very ugly, but it's just, it's just different. And it's kind of like unique in what it does. And for that reason, it's my favorite today. I know, but how large is that? It's like 43, uh, 42. Yeah, it's it's no, titanium that's... and steel. It has like a mixture, which is kind of weird. But I know, but I just, I don't know. That's, you have to have a large wrist to wear a dressy type watch. If they like redo that. this, if they redo this watch and make it like a reasonable size, which they probably can't because of the movement, but um, 
if they redo this watch and actually make it kind of like more of a vintage throwback, which is like sad to say, but uh, you know, just the old style was kind of just like a regular 36 millimeter Datejust case with like an alarm. Yeah, yeah. The old advisors were like a Datejust, right? Like that's sort yeah. of what it looked like. I remember. Yeah. If they were to do something like that, it'd be sick. But the movement's cool, be like for as far as alarm watches go, because uh, yeah, it tells you the power reserve of like the alarm uh, winding, and it also has an on-off button because most alarm watches, when you wind them, um, it will go off at like within the next twelve hours at some point, unless you keep changing it, like you know, keep advancing it. Uh, so this, you could actually turn the alarm off, which is cool. You can disengage it. Nice. Uh, and it's a GM, yeah. I think, as well. I think it is, yeah, because like the uh, the um, volcano alarm, right? Like you can't really turn that off. Like it, oh, it, you just have to let it. Sorry. You just have to let the volcano like run out, right? So this one has like an on-off thing. That's cool. yeah. And so some alarm watches also, if you leave them with the alarm not wound, then the the hammer just like jiggles around while you move your wrist. Oh, really? Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it, there's um, like no tension, I, like no no like you know nothing to hold it. That would. That wasn't the case with the volcano I had. That you just like it just runs out and it you, you know, it does nothing. But um, I am still trying to find another one of those. Actually, the thirty nine millimeter or the thirty eight millimeter um, president. That was the cricket. That was a cool watch, man. I I like that a lot. I love alarm watches, but I haven't had one in a very long time. Uh, that would be like you've had some memo boxes, right? Yeah, that would be like one way for Tudor to like. I I think I would have to buy that watch if they kept the same feature, like same functionality, but then just made it in to a better case, I think I would have to buy mm. it, honestly. Uh, but anyway, so this is kind of a, actually a decent segue because I'm, I'm looking into their catalog now. And if you see on like a lot of their watches, let's say like not even the, the black base, like none of the popular ones, like those other shit watches that they make um, mm -hmm. that are like 2000 bucks. They, oh, like they the make, Glamour, that's horrible. Yeah, they make hundreds of variants like literally hundreds of variants yeah, i'm scrolling through like pages and pages of just like like different well, let's see what what is the, the difference here um i don't know like just different like tens of different dials and like sizes and colors and bracelets everything i think um, that's what they're what they're trying to do is kind of imitate the date just right because they, they just also comes in like thousands of variants I don't know. I guess it's like many, the, the Tudor a bracelet choice. You have a bezel choice and then you have what well, I guess like Let precious me metal and, and then dial color, like three, three options for. Uh, Let like me the hack their website and see what happens. Let me, let me get on this. <sighs> I don't know. It seems like a lot more than a, the day chest, but, but anyway, um, So do you want to talk about the tutor you got? Yeah, so it's the um, the Tiger Tiger Woods, but it's not though, right? Uh, yeah, the people probably know it as the Tiger. I guess it's the well, what is it actually called? Website. Prince Date Prince uh, Chrono, Chrono or something like that. Chrono Time, dude. Tutor's website is like disgusting. It looks like Tiso's website or something. It's so bad. Oh, looks like who's? Oh, Tiso. Yeah, like the the colorway and just the way they display the watches. This is not good. All right, let's see. Classic watches, I guess. It's under classic. What are we looking at? The oh, Tudor style. 146 variants, dude. 
the, the Tudor Glamour has 176 variants. Oh, so, yeah, that's the, good that it shows you. I didn't realize. Yeah, the Tudor style is the it it look it essentially looks like a um they just you buy from like Alibaba. This is horrible. Yeah. Um this is absolutely so, so horrible. If, look at the centering of that date. Oh for anyone that knows anything about the Prince Chrono time or the tiger or the fake Daytona, whatever it is. The um they made like a ton of variants as well, which I didn't realize they kind of still still did that. But um do you want to give the um reference for yours? There's a few different ones. There's seven nine two six zero and there's seven nine two eight zero for uh okay. like just there's like ones newer and ones older, uh pretty much the same thing to be honest. Um mine's a seven nine two six zero. And I have uh, mine is the like sort of porcelain looking white dial, like a shiny, shiny white uh, with with black sub registers, like classic panda with the black bezel. Uh, no tiger, no tiger writing. No, no tiger. I, I, so having no tiger on a dial actually adds value to that watch, is my understanding. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this watch before because I had a black one like when we like years yeah. ago when we used to do podcasting yeah so blackberry 58 um i mean it's 3700 retail i don't think that's terrible for the watch i guess um i mean i guess that's like pretty much like oris price range at this day and age i mean oris now does like in-house right for the um for the aquas i think that watch retails just under three grand but you can get it for like two with change i guess for that price it's fine um yeah, so a lot of these tutors, like they have a mix of, like some of them have Rolex uh, signed case backs or crowns or um, what else? Yeah, so yours is primarily Tudor branded, but it doesn't have the um, tiger on the dial. So it's kind of strange, right? Like, and, and does yours have that like slab case or is it rounded case from the side? No, the slab case is the big, is the big block, which is... Uh, Seven nine one seven zero. Is that more desirable or less desirable? That's, I mean, that's more desirable by me probably, but <laughs> in general, they've worked. They're worth more. Um, those may have plastic crystals. I think that would probably make them more valuable. Uh, can you can you fact check that right now? uh no dude <laughs> what is it seven what's the reference seven nine one seven zero um let's see let me look at pics real quick um yeah, I think okay, I, I, I see. I see one. This one here is sapphire. So I don't. I don't know. Um, I see another. I see another one that has a plastic one. So there, it might be also one of those things where you know they make the model for so long that they do transition from sapphire to, or from uh, uh, plastic to sapphire. Yeah, that that's the the older. Um, yeah, so I, I, I they might, that must have happened. Um, that's the older model, which has like the very chunky uh, side profile. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure why they're more desirable, to be honest. Probably because they were never made as like a Tiger Tiger Woods version, mm-hmm. and they're like I do all, like the round better. Yeah, yeah, me me too. I mean, like, I mean, it's more like Daytona esque. Yeah, I think um, 
just like objectively I, I think it's a more attractive design I, I can see how like the slab side is kind of cool but uh it's just it looks unrefined this is the only rolex chrono with a date um for what what that's worth i'm not really sure anything um speaking of uh so i had another pickup actually which is uh fairly unusual for me i guess um i got a uh the new 36 millimeter datejust in like the most vanilla version too like silver dial fluted bezel and a jubilee um and i kind of like it man i kind of like it it's like super comfortable quite under the radar for um as far as like um you know it doesn't it doesn't look like anything it's just like a watch mm -hmm. um and uh it, it's an it's an attractive watch i actually enjoy wearing it um it, it's a design you know that's been kind of refined over the years hasn't changed a whole lot you can't really go wrong with one of these to be honest and um but do people do notice it that that's the thing like i think it might be the fluted bezel if, if you go with the smooth it might not be as obvious uh, but I've, I've gotten comments so um you know I'll, I'll be wearing like a longa or something and nobody notices urban Jurgensen, nobody notices other than like my watchmakers <laughs> and then like you put on this like fairly basic rolex i mean this is kind of like what most people go for i guess if they just buy their like first rolex or something and it does get a lot of attention which is weird did you did uh you buy it because you saw the president wearing one <laughs> no actually um he has a smooth bezel man he's a he's a working class hero i don't know you get the you get the fluted you're like, you know, kind of bougie. I, I, and I don't know. I don't mean to, I don't know if I want to comment on it, but like people, people getting upset that the president is wearing a Rolex. It's like, no, come don't on. Comment, don't comment on it. <laughs> like, dude, he's, he's so old. Like he can buy himself a decent watch. Like let it be. Yeah. I mean, he's had like, I think he's had like other, omegas before so yeah he has like a couple of omegas nothing crazy like rolex and omega are not like oh you know it's like oh he's like above us you know yeah that would be uh in-house ors in-house ors um yeah so i don't know i mean i, I think these tutor chronos will probably be in the in the near future just because i mean it's literally the same as every other five digit rolex and the only reason why potentially that hasn't been like potentially like fully realized by the market is probably because like a lot of people haven't ever had their hands on one mm -hmm. um but i mean it's it's literally like i've owned you know tens handfuls of uh five digit rolexes and it's like literally the same exact everything uh i'm predicting they will probably be well, i don't know closer to 10 in the next couple of years if i had to guess but uh, and that's for like the popular the, the like more desirable dial uh, variants yeah yeah this is not the first one you've had either right you had us uh did I you have like a dark dial before i yeah. had like one of the i've only had them on oyster ever and i had one before that was the exact same one i have now except like the reverse panda and then I had mm -hmm. one that was like a black, like one of the more like uh, sort of like different ones that that uh, with the Arabic 
dial, uh, Arabic numerals on the dial, and then uh, also black bezel and, okay. and black dial. And that one was pretty nice, actually. I liked it surprisingly more than I would, uh, more than I originally thought I would. Yeah, I, I remember that one. That was probably my least favorite, but I, again, I haven't seen it in person. Yeah. And then this one, I mean, th this one is actually, it's my favorite by far. The This white dial with the, um, with the, like, you know, shiny sort of like enamel, like, um, like texture is, is super nice. So I, I don't know. I think I'll hang on to it for a little while just because I'm pretty sure these are going to be, I mean, I don't think I can't see them going down in value anytime soon. No, they're not. They're not going to go down in value for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally like, you know, yeah, it's a Rolex chrono. So, I mean, if you want to buy another one, you have to spend what, you can the cheapest Rolex chrono you can buy is probably a two-tone Daytona, and they're like they're twelve or thirteen grand now. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, do the do the math, I guess. You know, do the math. <laughs> no, I I agree. I think um I think how much do they sell for now? Like seven, eight? I don't know. It's like you you see all over. I mean, I, I've seen. I don't. I've never seen one for eights i'm pretty sure so i've seen them oh, in the sevens okay. i've seen them in the sixes and i've seen them it's it's hard to say actually because they don't i the like there's so many variants on these that it's variants, hard to say yeah, because yeah, someone yeah. will have a really nice dial one and it'll be on a jubilee bracelet and like no one will touch it mm -hmm. and then you seem to see some that have like the perfect combo and then you know they'll be priced like accordingly so um mm -hmm. uh, i don't know I, I think that the oyster bracelet is honestly like a huge factor surprisingly even though you could just like i mean it's probably hard to find the tudor bracelets at this point but i mean realistically you can buy like a rolex uh, gmt bracelet like seven eight three six zero or whatever um and it's or the i guess seven eight uh let's see the seven eight three but six i guess then it's like the the yeah. non-flip-lock clasp uh, i'm not sure whatever the gmt bracelet is that that doesn't have the flip lock clasp and it's like the identical bracelet just uh with a rolex logo on it um and like the price difference probably would would uh make up for the difference in like resale value uh, at least yeah so. but i think people also want the like i don't know i think it, like for me at least there's the mentality that like oh this watch originally came with this oyster like it, it belongs to it you know yeah i suppose i mean I think that's a part of it too. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's like a weird, it's a weird watch. I, I don't know. Like the, I'm not sure like the data is, is there to really like give me a, a clear answer on this, but um, mm -hmm. it's definitely worth like, you know, for someone, I, what's the last Rolex I have is probably the sub no date. And I can say like easily, I enjoy this watch as much as that, if not more. It's like the literally uh, no different than five digit Rolex build quality and standard. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, yep, that's my. Okay. That's what I have right now, and the big pilot. Okay, cool, cool. And the big pilot, dude. All right, are we talking about? Um, there was a there was a topic we're going to discuss today, right? hello yep yeah <laughs> all right so so i guess i guess what we wanted to talk about is sort of like 
talking about getting into this interest and sort of maybe a little like nudge a little and like some advice for people that are like just starting yeah probably uh, just advice for people that are new to the hobby and potentially advice that we would give ourselves if uh, you know we could time travel <laughs> yeah okay well that's that's fair and I think you know this this whole world can be pretty confusing and there's a lot to it um, and, and you know I think you and I are a little bit you know, like we're, we're so into it that for, to us, it's just like natural at this point, you know, like we're so interested in it that um, we sort of research everything anyway. Um, but, you know, it's like if someone is a bit more casual about it, I think it's kind of overwhelming. I don't know. Did you feel overwhelmed when you first started getting into it? Um, let me try and think. I, I don't think I felt overwhelmed because it I didn't jump in like people are now in the sense that are like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nowadays people are kind of just like diving in like blindfolded just because maybe everyone's like talking about it or they hear about it or or what what mm-hmm. have you but I yeah. started by just like I bought some I don't know like a $600 Omega I, I mean I always had like cheap watches and then I bought like $600 Omega and then I think I um I don't know, I sold it on the forums or I traded it for something. And I remember at some point, like near in the near future after that, I bought an Air King, it was like 1200 bucks. And then I <laughs> traded it to someone who's actually like fairly well-known uh, uh, Speedmaster dealer on the forums. And I traded it to him with like a few hundred bucks on top for like a Speedmaster, which at the time was worth like, um, I, I think they were, I think at the time it was like 20, 2500 bucks or something like that so i like made like a, a like a pretty good profit uh on that watch like you know just if you just consider like money spent compared to how much the watch i had was worth um mm-hmm. so i was like huh this is kind of like something here like maybe you can kind of like switch around and uh potentially like buy watches and trade them and and work your way up to, to get like better watches so that uh that's kind of how it started for me so I, I guess it's a little bit different than people that are like I mean I was pretty broke at the time also I was like just starting college so um mm-hmm. I guess most people starting now probably have it's probably like I don't know 30 year old dudes that like have money already and they're just like dumping money into like Rolex so I don't know how would you yeah, I, I think how would you classify like how would you describe like who you think like um the people are that are kind of like getting into the hobby now like the people who you would give advice to and then i guess yeah like not necessarily yourself just like people now buying i feel like it's people that are um i don't know i mean maybe it's just people browsing around on instagram i don't know i think i think there's like obviously people get into it for different reasons um, and I think you and I both started in the same way. Like we both enjoyed watches. Um, and then we found that like, just by like, oh, if I buy this, sell that, I can sort of just like upgrade and switch things up. And, you know, if you do it, you know, in a smart way, it, it's not costing you anything, right? So I think that what was appealing about it is that we could sort of, you know, keep 
each like yourself you can keep yourself entertained for a long time just by doing it and, and sort of just like climb the ladder very slowly right um, and experience different watches along the way. Um, I think a lot of people, there, I think there's a lot of people getting into it these days. Like, you know, there's that whole like watch trading, you know, craze right now where like, oh, people hear about this, like, oh, if I buy this Rolex brand new from the store, I can like sell it for double the price somewhere else. And people get so fixated on that. Um, I don't know. It'd be, I feel like people get into it for the wrong reason. You know, like yes. there's definitely a group of people that get into it because like, oh, it's easy money and, Everyone is a watch dealer now. Everyone like wants to do it, and I don't know. Huge turnoff. I do have I do have some like people that I know that are kind of just like they're completely ignorant to like that whole side of the thing, and they're just like more exposed to watches now because they see them just like I don't know on Instagram or like whatever. They just like see more people talk, you know, talking about watches or having watches or whatever, and they kind of are just like oh, like I should probably get one for myself. And like, I saw this one on like, you know, whatever, Hodenki or this guy mm -hmm. or that guy. And like, and I, I like that watch. So I'm going to save and buy yeah. that watch or something. And, and I totally agree with that. So that's like the other group of people that I think are starting to get more interested in watches because there's a general sort of uh, a whole lot more awareness around this hobby slash interest these days. Uh, there's so many like editorials, which are not really editorials. They're really like fancy advertising platforms um but you know instagram is happening uh there's a bunch of like interest groups on facebook i guess too um people talk about it um and especially now i think with the whole pandemic where you know people are not spending money on traveling people are sort of looking to um treat their depression in uh, different ways <laughs> um mm -hmm. you know i'm laughing but this is kind of true unfortunately um and and i think people are sort of looking into it and and yeah there's definitely a whole lot more interest in watches even you know if even if, if you compare like five years ago ten years ago i don't think as much as this was happening um yeah even, I mean, you know we were when yeah. we first got into watches it was like i feel like there was a very i mean there, there's obviously like you know pockets of people on the you know on the internet like little yeah groups that are very into it but i feel like the general uh sense like I, I really didn't know any people that were interested in watches um yeah. and like a lot of the big like media like a lot of the big like uh you know watch watch uh media outlets out there were like non-existent or like pretty much not well known at that point mm -hmm. um and i think yeah I, I think the big thing is um you know like you mentioned advice too i mean well, for whatever reason you get into it um I can't, I probably cannot give you advice if you're going to like get in it to like make some money because that just, that just comes with like time, right? Like you should, you should know what you should be paying for something to sell it for more later or sort of identifying the things that are more desirable. That's a hard thing to sort of just be like, you know, explain in one episode. Uh, but I think, you know, as far as just like collecting and not losing your arm on it, um, I think, you you know, people always say like, oh, don't buy this brand because you're going to lose so much money. You're never going to sell it. Um, I don't think that really applies. I don't think that's how that works. I think you can buy anything you like for, a, you know, a specific price in which allows you to have enough security that if you do not love that watch, you can sell it and like break even or make some money. And I think that's, I think that's a good mentality to have because I, th I think as soon as you start losing a lot of money on watches and sort of developing that guilt around this that like oh i lost multiple thousands here multiple thousands there it it's just like can you still have fun i mean i guess if you have a lot of money and you don't care about this then you can you know feel free to do that uh but i feel like that 
like give me enough guilt to not enjoy this you know like so i think like trying to find the deal for the specific watch that you're looking for is part of the fun yeah um, um trying to see so i guess that um I guess we kind of like identified the different types of people that are potentially like, that are potentially um, out there getting yeah. into the hobby. And, and, so yeah. if, um, yeah, so back, back when, I guess when we were getting into it because there wasn't as much, like, even like people posting watches on Instagram wasn't, wasn't really a thing at that point. Um, mm -hmm. You kind of had to just like buy what you like right because there was no real mm -hmm. telling of like you know um i, I mean I'm, I'm sure maybe more advanced people were, were buying with the intent of like uh you know i i could see potential for like these certain watches to like you know maybe go away in the future or like you know the supply is going to dry up and then you know mm -hmm. um, people will want them um but i i think it was more so to the sense um you didn't really know if there were other people out there that liked that same watch that you liked. So there was no way to tell like, okay, I'm buying this because, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to go up in value or anything like that. You pretty much just had to buy it because you liked it. And then that's, that's pretty much True. it. Um, yeah. And I so, think, I think you should still do that. That's the thing that I think that's the biggest advice I can give is like, and I, everyone says that, you know, like there's a lot of people that say that, like, just buy what you like, but like, make sure you're buying it smart. Like don't go into, you know, let's say, let's say you you like, I don't know, what's a brand that like loses a lot of value? I think so. Not, not even, they're not that bad. <laughs> but let's say there, there's a brand that like loses a lot of value off of the MSRP. Yeah, don't, do not go and buy like a Breitling at retail, you know, like under, you, like make, do your research essentially is the, is, is, the, is the like, you know, final line. Do your research, see how much you should pay so that, you know, if you do not love it, if you do not want to keep that watch long term, that you can just sell it. Mm -hmm. um uh, and i think that's the big thing because like if you let's say you buy that watch for the right price and you enjoy it like i think that's better than buying something that everyone else seems to like but you're just sort of like well i bought this because people told me it keeps good value or whatever like people focus fixate on that value thing a whole lot which i guess it's a big part of this but um i, I think you can put that as a like a secondary you know like a, on a secondary level of importance if you sort of do the homework up front Mm -hmm. um i don't know pretty simple like there's not that much else to it right yeah but how, so how do you how can you make sure uh i mean like obviously you're only really getting exposed to watches that you you see out mm -hmm. there so how can you make sure that you're really only like buying something that you like and you're not necessarily just buying like uh you know watches that you see other people promoting um, I mean, I feel like that should just be kind of natural, right? You see something, you like it, you research it, you see the, you know, you know, someone, you might be interested in the specs of the watch. Okay. So you need something that is, you know, waterproof, you know, you want a specific type of movement, things like that. Just sort of tailor a watch that to yourself that you will like and do not, you know, focus on sort of the hype and the, and the, and the hype will catch up. That's the thing. Like if you sort of identify a watch that has a lot of merit and that is, you know, usually underpriced, you buy that watch, you enjoy it. I've seen it more than once where like a pattern develops or other people also, it happens to them too. It's like, oh, this watch kind of is inexpensive for what it is. And, you know, it may lack uh, in like one area, like 
Um, it's not an amazing brand name. Like, I don't know, you can look at like Chopard, for example, right? Like these, uh, um, we, we just talked about it, this 1.96 movement, we just said that it, it's, it's better quality than Paddock. And I mean, you've, I've picked them up for like five grand, even recently. Um, so it's not a, uh, um, you know, you just have to just sort of look at the whole picture. Like this watch I'm getting, you're getting a gold case, you're getting a Geneva seal finish movement. It's a micro rotor. The dial is, you know, true guilloche. Um, it's a nice men's dress size. Um, it's like, what, like if, if, you know, if all those things applied and the name of the dial said, honestly, anything else, um, it would be multiples of that. Um, and I mean, the extreme example is Ralph Lauren watches, right? Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> like I, I do have a chrono now it's a jlc movement um and i mean you can pick them up for a third of the price of a jlc branded chrono um and the quality is um i would say you know as far as the case goes and the dial very similar um and you've you had a um the um is it the 846 i think the dress one the square one um yeah the classic whatever that, uh... yeah yeah i mean like for how much those watches were selling that's that's a good value right yeah if that is something you're after like if you don't like that watch that could be you know just sort of like well yeah it's gold it has a piaget movement but i hate it and it's too small like i don't like the way it looks then don't buy it you know but if you're sort of like oh i like this movement i like this case I, I sort of like the design overall but i don't really want to wear off lauren watch um you know, I don't want to spend seven, 10 grand on a Ralph Lauren watch. Well, wait, find one, you know, for sort of what they sell for and then go for it. And so then you, you're. Mm -hmm. um, I guess if you're talking about these like different brands that aren't necessarily popular, I mean, it's, it's kind of easy to say that, like, I don't I mean, you could always second guess yourself, but like, it's easier to say like, okay, I'm buying what I like, right? Because less people like this and I'm buying it. So I must really enjoy mm -hmm. it. And some people maybe are doing that just because they want to be different, right? But um, mm -hmm. what, what about like people that just think, like, okay, you look, you go around and you look at like watches online and you think like, okay, I just like Rolex the best. And that's I fine. Mean, I that... mean, you, you can like Rolex the, the best because that's the thing. It's like, nobody cares, right? Like, you can have different reasons for buying a watch. You can say like, oh, I want a watch that is recognizable and has, you know, like a classic design. And I want a watch that, I don't know, my, like my dad wore when I was growing up. That could be the watch for you. And, you know, you, you, the sort of premium you're paying for that name brand and sort of the hype these days could be worth it. And mm -hmm. like, you're, in the end, you're happy, right? I guess, I mean, and like, I don't, I don't think, I don't, yeah, you can't really be, <laughs> you can't really be persuaded otherwise, right? But I think like, just make sure what you're buying isn't sort of like, I don't know, what other people like, and you're not necessarily in it for the right reason. That's all. I mean, it's, it's like the simplest advice to give, right? I mean, it's, it's easy to say, but very hard to follow. It is easy to say. I know it is hard to follow. I know, I know. But like, if you have the time, just do the research because these things aren't cheap, right? Like you don't want to spend a lot of money on something that, you don't really like all that much mm -hmm. or you know you don't want to buy a watch that somebody else likes and you don't so should do you think people starting off should sort of uh, work their way up or should they just go big because i feel like th there's a lot of people that yeah 
I feel are kind of just like jumping in or like diving in, like I was saying before. So do you think that that's smart? Do you think people should ease into it and buy like something cheaper and then sort of build their way up? Yeah. I mean, I, I do have a theory about this. I don't know. What do you think? And I'm, I'll go after you. I guess it, it really depends on your experience, but I mean, uh, there's, I don't think you should just dive into something like maybe in the tent, like let's say just jump in and buy like maybe six to $10,000 watch, unless you have some mm-hmm. experience with uh, some watches a little bit cheaper, just for like a handling perspective. I don't think it's smart just to just, you know, buy something that you potentially don't know how to like use and how to operate in the, the correct way. Like, for example, if you try to like swap a strap and it's like your first time swapping a strap and you're on like a $10,000 watch, you're probably going to do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of only gain that with like experience. Uh, but then mm-hmm. at, at the same, at the other side of things, it's like, okay, if, if you start buying like, I don't know, like, Oruses, or if you start buying like i don't know some of these cheaper watches it, it could like potentially cost you not that much money but you know hundreds hundreds of dollars just because like potentially the market out there is not like as strong and and you might like buy retail or buy an oris let's say mm-hmm. retail and then realize it's worth like half of maybe what you're paying so mm-hmm. it, it's it's hard to say honestly um but th- those are like the two things I, w- I would think about. It's like, I, I kind of want to recommend like, Hey, you should have something first. Um, so maybe, maybe it's like stick to with something popular and like stick with something you can get like, like at market price and like sort of jump in, maybe get like a Speedmaster or like something like very, just like, like very easy to sell and like with a set price and sort of experience it and then go into something afterwards. I don't know. Yeah. What do, what do you think about I, that? I'm not sure. I think I think I agree with you because um, I think there's a couple benefits to starting off slow. Um, one of them is obviously the experience. Like you get to sort of build it up from, you know, sort of lower lower level, more affordable watches, um, and you kind of get to enjoy them along the way. And sort of as you progress, it's almost like you know you're you're just sort of upgrading, right? So it, it allows you to, I think. Um, appreciate the finer details on the watches that are a little bit in the higher price brackets. So if you go straight there, um, I don't know, I feel like you might be missing out on the whole experience of sort of getting to that level. Um, And sometimes it's just like people just sort of focus on the end game, right? They're like, oh, I want that watch and that watch and that watch and I'll be like happy. Um, But maybe getting there is also can be as enjoyable as sort of just... um, you know, all these watches that you, if you can experience those watches along the way and not lose an arm and a leg on them, like, isn't that worth something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess part of it also um, is that like your tastes kind of change as you, as true. you go, That's go true. along. Yeah. So like maybe you buy something and then like, you know, you realize, Hey, this is not what I like and you're stuck with it, but that, that's kind of just telling people to buy Rolex more, right. Because you're not going to lose money. So it, it's kind of like hard to, advise that as well because <laughs> mm-hmm. then they'd say okay let me just buy like you know if it's my first watch if i'm gonna just go all in then i should just buy rolex because then if i sell it later on then it doesn't matter hmm. i mean i think it, I, I like i said i think anything can be purchased in a way that you don't lose too much on it 
Um, like personally, you know, and I think the refinement of your own taste is a big part of it. Because if you if you make a collection, I guess if you have a lot of money, you don't care a lot. You can build a collection very quickly of fairly expensive watches, but then realize that like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Um, I, I think it's sort of like going slow. Um, first of all, you're having more fun. And then, you know, seeking out those watches, kind of like, you know, trying to find better deals and finding ones in nicer condition. Um, and then just allowing yourself to have that time to do the research. Um, you know, you can sort of tailor your taste by the time you get to the higher levels where, you know, when you get there, your watches are sort of, you sort of buy exactly what you, you, you're going to enjoy down the line for longer term. Do you think that is um, kind of a uh, decent strategy for people to just buy and sort of uh, try and keep their watches for as long as possible, if, if not like just forever and just buy your watches and keep them. And even if your like, taste kind of changes, you still have it as like a just you know that's what i was into at that time and so i have it and then you know later um, on maybe maybe you'll like it again later i mean i feel like that's doubtful i think if you taste develops it almost like plateaus at a certain level of, of what you like it doesn't kind of go back to that maybe a little bit okay, but, if you had like a um, um <clears throat> like a avenger seawolf at this point which you were like super <laughs> into back in the day I was super into those. Back but if you day. had like that same one that you had like back like eight years ago or whatever, would, would that not, would you not enjoy it? Even if you didn't wear it, you would just like have it and it would be like, okay, I was really into this at that time. I guess a little bit, but probably not enough to like keep that money tied up into, in that watch. Like I would prefer to sell it and buy actually something I enjoy at this moment in this time. I, I think you can be sentimental like that with watches of lesser value. Like, oh, the first watch I ever bought, like first automatic watch I ever bought, like some Seiko, you know, it's like the value of it is so insignificant compared to where most people are these days with, with watches that, um, 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 are you going to pause? Sorry, we had the technical difficulties. Mark's uh, coffee exploded. <laughs> he doesn't wear any clothes when we record podcasts so you got second degree burns uh, uh i was asking you about um what was i asking about um we're like the worst man um how does anyone listen to this um you're asking me if Oh, if, if like, if I think keeping like a watch oh, that yeah. you were into back in the day, if, yeah, if you're, if you were to keep a watch, um, that like you sort of, you, your taste changes, whether there's any value in keeping that watch. Uh, Basically you just you buy know. watches only if you know you can keep it and you just keep it no matter what. I know, but I feel like, so I think that works if you're discussing far less expensive watches so maybe some of the first watches that you buy you can do that with but when it comes to watches that sort of take up a significant part of um what your collection is worth i think keeping something that you're not you know you sort of grew out of or your taste change and you're not really wearing it it's cool to have and be like okay you know this is sort of where how the journey has taken me but i think it would be better used if you just sold a watch and bought something you'd actually enjoy like mm -hmm. You know, if, if it's like a $200 Seiko you bought as like one of your first watches, I think you should definitely keep that and don't let it go. 
but if it's you know something a little bit more serious then you know every all of this is relative right so if like um your, your price brackets are much higher or lower it might be you know kind of like just adjusted accordingly yeah i mean but the, then you run into a situation where like i mean yeah i guess it's, it's hard to tie like if you're strictly just collecting just for your own enjoyment then sure you can just sell stuff and, and move on but then you kind of run into scenarios later on where like okay you had a watch and then later on if you ever want to rebuy that watch then it's significantly more expensive to to get back into it you know that's the that's the other thing i want to talk about actually like be careful of letting go of watches because yeah. i think it this is something be, that i need to like be careful of as well mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think a lot of people are sort of like, oh, I, they, they see the new watch they can get. They say like, okay, they see a deal on something something else. They're like, oh, if I only sell these two watches from my collection, I'll be able to get that. And I think that can burn you. I think you really need to kind of you know, sleep on that decision and make sure you really want that new watch that's coming in over the two watches that you're selling. And I think you need to take into account how easy are those watches are going to be to get back in the future in case you do want them again. Um. I've made that mistake a couple of times where like I was a little bit too quick to get something and I, and I sold the watch and I, maybe it's not really regret because I only do that if I really want the next watch. Um, like when I was buying the datograph, I sold quite a few watches that I sort of think about still, you know, like I sold my Blanc Pond, the, the Le Mans 38 millimeter chronograph in white gold, which was like kind of rare with that like military style dial. Like you don't see too many of them. There's one on eBay now, by the way, for like 8K, I think. Um, mm -hmm. but you don't see too many of them. And that was just a cool watch, you know, like it, it, it I don't know. I enjoyed that. And then the Breguet was it the 5907. It was just like a manual wine dress watch, power reserve on the back. That, that was a sweet watch, but I knew like, okay, like for me to comfortably get the dado and keep my conscience clean, I had to sell them. And it's, it's a dado. Like I can't, I couldn't sort of, um, you know, even though I missed those watches, I think it's still, a, I made the right decision. You still don't have that, right? What's that? The datagraph. You don't have it. Yeah, it's it's in service. I do have it. It's just in service. Um, well, yeah. I, I mean, I know you own it, but yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, there was someone else I was talking to who sent in their Longa one at the same time as I sent in my datagraph, and they got their watch back. But obviously, the complexity of fixing um, and his was like fairly beat up, maybe not as bad. Uh, but I think the complexity of fixing a data graph is probably going to take a little bit longer. I'm hoping to have it back within the next, like, maybe two months at most. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, just the, the other side of that is sometimes if you sell a watch, like, I've, I've had some pieces that, some more common, and then some also maybe a little bit less common, the more common ones being, like, you know, let's say, um, I don't know, like the 36 millimeter Explorer. I've, I've had like a ton of those over, you know, in use, they used to be about three grand, maybe less. And now if you want to buy that same watch, you know, you have to spend six grand or, or so um, mm -hmm. buy that same watch. And realistically, if I would have just kept one that I bought for three grand, you know, I would, I wouldn't have to pay up now to get it. So it's, it's like, it's a little bit hard to like swallow spending six grand on that watch because it's not a $6,000 watch. You know what I mean? It's it, it to, to someone that 
bought them at half price, it's kind of will always be like a $3,000 watch to you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It, it's, I think it is a little difficult to adjust like what you think in your head a watch should be worth unless you think it's grossly underpriced to begin with. Um, yeah. And, and, and the other side of that is if you have like a rare, like a rare piece or something that you found and maybe you got it for really cheap because no one knew it existed. But then if you bring it to market and you decide to sell it, now you're making it that much harder to buy another one again because like for that, that Omega Jump Hour watch, that, I mean, I'm not saying I'm like the first person ever to sell this because a lot of people have had them, but just I get people messaging me about that watch because I'm probably the most the like last person to sell one. Uh, maybe not now, but like for maybe about a, a year or two span, I was probably the last person to sell one. Um, mm-hmm. And people just message me all the time about that watch. Like, you know, I, I will pay like whatever. Just I just need this watch. I, I love it. I, you know, just um, like I need to find one. And then. You know, now if I ever wanted to buy another one, which I've considered it because it was pretty cool, I, I there's like no chance I'll be able to find another one again, and not for near what I paid last time. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think you bring up like a, a pretty important point with that. Um, in the past, um, when I needed to make, you know, like let's say it, let's call it financial room in a collection to buy something new, I would target the watches that I knew I could replace in the future like yeah. without much issue, like even like maybe they'll be a little bit more expensive, but I know like um, I could find another one in the future. So um, I think another victim of the, oh, when I bought the 1815, actually, I sold my Goshuta, um the Panda Reserve and I, and I love that watch, like the blue dial one, but I knew you if I really that wanted that watch, it, you can buy that watch anytime and you can probably buy it for the same price that I did. You know, it's like that watch isn't going anywhere. It's still current production. Um, it's, it's not rare. It's, it's a nice watch, but I was like, okay, I'm going to give that up so I can get something a little bit nicer and try a different brand. And if I want to ever go back and revert, no problem. You know, it's, it's the watches that, you know, you're not going to be able to replace in the future as easily are those are the ones that are tough to sort of swallow when you do have to sell them or when you're considering to sell them and selling them like the platinum seven dial Chopard. Like I haven't considered, like people have like messaged me about selling that. I don't, I don't know. Like there's, I don't think there's a price. I mean, there is a price that probably sell it for, but it would be ridiculous because I know it's one of my favorite models in like one of my favorite combinations. Like the probability of finding another one in the future is very low. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that's why when I sold my uh, first sector dial Dubuis, um, I sort of accepted the fact that I'll be able, never be able to find another one. Fortunately, that wasn't the case, but um, you know, just got lucky. Like, I don't know. Instagram helps. It kind of connects you to people that like the same watches, and you know, sometimes um, they list stuff for sale even on Instagram. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, the more I think about it, I feel like I'm kind of shifting towards like. You know, if, if I was if I was to tell myself something about collecting back in the day, it would probably just mm-hmm. be like, because when you get into it, or at least for me, when I get into any hobby, I just want to like try as much stuff as possible because I know that what I do in the beginning is not going to be, you know, what I potentially would want to do like after I have more knowledge and have more experience. So I just want to try as much stuff as possible. So this goes for other hobbies yeah, exactly. too. Like I want to like, mm-hmm. you know, touch as many things and like you know 
upgrade and try different stuff just so I know like, okay, this matters to me. This doesn't matter to me. So mm -hmm. I potentially would have just bought and held more stuff at that point. Not, not necessarily just because of value, but just because like certain watches that I won't be able to buy again, certain watches that are, you know, at a, a price point where I just can't justify buying them again. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you'd still have them. Like I, I had, I had some mint condition full set 3186 movement Explorer twos. I've had like multiple of those mm -hmm. and like, you know, I, who knows what, I mean, yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, I, I don't even, I don't even know what those are selling for nowadays, but probably too much. Um, and you know, it's like it's a nice watch, but did I need to have like five Explorer twos? I could have just got that one and then just kept it forever. <laughs> you know, that's true. I mean, you never know what you're going to sort of want to keep down the line, though. It's hard. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I, I, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of at the point where I, I think I know, like, what what I should be hanging on to. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's not easy to, for sure. Uh, you know, it's not always easy. But um, <laughs> I, I think just because of the, the theme of, uh, you know, what we're talking about today, of, like giving advice to people is just probably buy buy something you really enjoy mm -hmm. and then just just hang on to it i guess and i mean yeah yeah i think the the key is to just like minimize regrets you know in in the in the end i mean just think about it it's just watches at the end of it um and uh as long as you're just enjoying it and you don't have any regrets um at the end just like don't don't do a lot of rash things i know uh, often you have to act kind of quickly um I guess we do. I think most people don't do this, but I, I, I know you, both you and I have had to have made like very fast decisions about things just because um, that's what it is. And I think, oh, another thing, um, I think it's good to have like a very safe reserve of funds available. So when something does come up, you do not have to sell another watch first to get that because by the yeah. time you have to do that, I guarantee that first watch you're looking at, if, if it's an amazing deal, it's going to be gone. Uh, so I think it's nice to have that reserve and ability to sell, find a way, find your outlets of how to sell efficiently, you know? Um, yeah. So you maybe need, when you have that's something... money ready, don't just buy a watch that's available. Just wait until like you have to buy, like something comes up that you can't resist. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's kind of how I've been doing it. You know, like um, if, if it's something, yeah. Like when I bought the datagraph, I bought it first you know, and then like, okay, now I have to sell these watches and that can be tough too. It puts a lot of stress on you. So um, having a little bit more of like reserve, which I know is tough because you're putting more money aside for this hobby. Well, I mean, um, it could just be as simple as like, okay, you save up for a particular watch or something, but instead of like buying that watch, just wait until like, uh, just wait until, um, or if you have like a spot and, you, and you're kind of in the market, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to purchase another watch just save up. And then once you do have the money, don't just go ahead and just buy something immediately. Just wait until something comes up that you have to have to have to buy. And it could take, yeah. I mean, it realistically to find like a, a great deal on something doesn't take all that long. I mean, if you're looking for one particular reference, yes, that can take a long time, but just in general, finding like a great deal on a watch shouldn't take more than like two months. You would think. Yeah, that's true. That's like true. roughly every two months, you see something that's like, 
like in a great deal. Even yeah, just because I mean, if you have a exactly because if you have a list of watches you're after, you know, um, just sort of target the ones that come up at like you know good deals and in good condition, and sort of start with those. Don't necessarily. I don't know. I, I know a lot of people that don't do that. They're just sort of like, okay, this is what I want next. They go to the AD, they get, you know, their 20% discount and they just buy it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's hard to give like answers here, but I mean, I don't know. What would you, what would you in like a, a general sense, what would you, what advice would you give yourself when you were starting? Um, I mean, my, myself. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's honestly not a whole lot. I think it's something you need to just like experience on your own. I, I, and I, and I do appreciate that I had the chance to like go through all these different watches that I've owned over the years. Um, but you know, it, you know, I would give myself advice about my own preferences now. So I could, you know, start sort of building a collection based on that way before, but you can't, you can't know that ahead of time. I, I think. Well, just yeah. Like, and, I mean, if there's yeah. something that you could stick to, that's a little, a little bit more in general. Like and yeah, I, I think being patient and and like um and, and sort of just like thinking through your decisions is important. Um, again, like not being too rash about what you're doing, because that can that can sort of backfire, and then that's how you sort of develop regrets and you let go of things that you didn't want to let go of. And again, dude, we're talking in the terms of like how we do watches, where we like kind of buy and sell and kind of like try things out and then eventually add to like that permanent collection. Well, Most people probably just. I mean, I usually like, I don't know, in, in the past, I haven't held, held too many watches for like permanent collection just because I don't see them as being like the, all that important and just watches in general. It's just, like, I, I enjoy them in like the time frame when I have them. And then I don't see it all that as being like such an important thing or in the past, I didn't see it as being such an important thing in the sense of like, okay, I need to have this in my possession forever um mm -hmm. it's more so like okay i enjoy it and i appreciate it for what it is and then when i get tired of it i'm like okay like I'll, I'll try something else but it has backfired in the sense where i can't always enjoy the same quality of watches without spending significantly more money at this point um mm -hmm. just because like you know the market has changed so i have been sort of thinking in the sense of like okay when i have something now i should just hang on to it so um yeah I, but i know you've always bought in the sense of like at least in the past like few years definitely longer than me uh you've bought in the sense of like okay what watches do i need to like i have to just own and just like once once i find them i just need to keep them and i, I can't really sell them yeah and, and i think it really does come down to like you know we all have those watches um that are like that. Um, unfortunately, I think a lot of the things that I sort of gravitated towards in the recent years are a little bit like um, harder to get. Like, you know, watches that have been made like 20, 30 years ago, which isn't even that old, uh, th that long ago, but sometimes it's just hard to find like a nice example. And when you do, it's just like, okay, why would I sell this? Cause I know I'm going to want this eventually again. Um, yeah. So yeah. And, and it's again, minimizing that like sense of regret. I, <laughs> it's, it can be hard. Um, and sometimes you don't know what you're doing. Like some, some watches I've bought, um, I don't even know what, what example to give you, but, um, and I wasn't quite sure about them. Like, oh, like even the Urban Jurgensen, I was just like, uh, I'm spending like this much money on a steel watch. I don't know about this. And even when I first got it, um, I was just kind of like, yeah, you know what? I, I don't know if I'm feeling this, but it's like one of those things you have to wear. You kind of have to um, appreciate the, the small details. And I'm just like, I don't, 
like I don't it, it would be hard for me to sell that now even though I know you can still buy them brand new and all that it's just like it's just a cool watch like everything about like there's a lot of details about it that I really enjoy um so yeah all right I think this is probably going to confuse more people than yeah it's going to confuse more people than help probably yeah but most of our listeners just uh they use our podcast for uh, sleep sounds yeah it doesn't even matter what we say we could like we could like read a book and it would be the same exact um like population of listeners yep all right all right dude that's it back for another episode in like two to three months if that (laughs) all right man see ya bye